0: Hi One Goal community, it's Elaine Boyd, Pelotonia's Event and Volunteer Operations Coordinator. Since 2008, Pelotonia has raised over $236 million for innovative cancer research. And thanks to our partners, 100% of those funds have gone directly to research at the James at Ohio State. Together, we will see an end to cancer. To get involved in our One Goal, visit pelotonia.org, that's pelotonia.org, or click on the link in the episode notes.
1: This podcast is powered by Pelotonia. To learn more about our Gold 10 cancer, visit pelotonia.org or see the link in the show notes.
2: Well, they know going into it that they're required to ride and they're actually very excited about it. They're excited about fundraising. They're excited about day of participation. When
0: Maria and I were thinking about what do we do this year? So we both came out with the idea that maybe we should celebrate our success.
3: Welcome to One Goal, a storytelling podcast from Pelotonia. We're a passionate community dedicated to funding innovative cancer research. I'm your host and Chief Operating Officer of Pelotonia, Joe Apgar. Your journey with us to the finish line begins now. Pelotonia is powered by an unstoppable community and it's through research we will see an end to cancer. We want to thank our major funding partners for making all of this possible the American Electric Power Foundation, Huntington, the L Brands Foundation, and Peggy and Richard Santulli. This episode features three impressive women. The first two are Marie Gibbons and Dr. Rosa lapa While their lives and careers began 4,500 miles apart, what brings them together is the Pelotonia Fellowship Programme. This program gives bright and promising young minds in the field of cancer research the funding they need to push their work forward. It's truly at the heart of our one goal and community. In the second half of this episode, you'll hear a real life example of one Pelotonia fellow whose experiences with cancer in her family fuel her determined spirit. This episode has been titled, Finding Excellence.
2: I have been in this position since 2017, but i participated in Pelotonia since the first year. And I manage the uh, fellowship program, so I work under the direction of Rosa, and we award fellowships to deserving young scientists, and I do the onboarding and the hiring and taking care of them after that.
3: And Rosa, give yourself a, a brief introduction.
0: I've been at OSU since uh, 2006, so it's almost 15 years old. I'm an associate professor in the Division of Hematology. Um, personally, my lab focuses on cancer research, in, uh, specifically in blood disease. Um, and with the Pelotonia Fellowship Program, like Marie said, um, I oversee the scientific part.
3: What was your sort of background and how did you get interested first in in cancer research and really begin to pursue a career?
0: I think it started really um early on uh probably at high school level Uh, I really always I was always passionate about science um and back then I was mostly interested in virology and how viruses can you know like uh, induce cancers but then as I moved into my um, graduate school, um, I studied biotechnology, um, I had a couple of loss, personal loss that really got me into and um, wanted to study more like cancer in general. So um, I've always been passionate about um, hematological disease because of that.
3: That's awesome. So let's let's transition to Marie and would love to hear you know, your background and how you found your way to becoming the manager of the fellowship program.
2: Well I was working at the Ohio State University Foundation in 2008, Um, that's the fundraising side of the university, and they said we're going to have a charity bike ride to raise money for the James. So I decided I wanted to participate so that first year I did not have the right kind of bike ride away, I did not know how to train, but I went, I was one of the first 2000 riders, and I was so inspired by seeing all the cyclists there that first year that I went out to the finish line of the second day, the 180 finish, and cheered for all the cyclists coming in. 2015, I was able to complete the 180. This position, which I was familiar with working at Ohio State and being very familiar with Pelotonia at that point, this position was listed on the OSU job board. And I saw it and I just thought that is the next move in my career and really the next move in the Pelotonia community, um, being involved in raising money and finding a cure
3: for cancer. So I'd love to hear, you know, from your perspective, the the, the process and how it works for these students.
0: You know, you apply for a grant, uh, the first thing we do is, you know, we look at all the application, we figure out what kind of field they are. There's a lot of work that goes behind the scenes trying to find reviewers that are like, um, they have the expertise, there's no conflict. So then when we do that, we identify all of those reviewers and then we um, write letters to invite them to our review section. We assign three um, reviewers for each application. um, And then they really have to provide comments, critiques, and scores in three different categories um, on the applicant, on the environment, as well as on the proposal. Um, And then after we collect all of them, we have a final meeting, which is what we call the review and score meeting. The one that eventually they don't score INF to get the the award. Um, we want to provide critiques and feedback so they can come back a second time. So we want this to be a broad process. Uh, we don't want to discourage anybody, um, and, but we really want to, like you said, to found excellence.
3: One of the really neat things is, and I've heard this you know, dozens of times sitting in the sessions, is people, everyone sitting in that room wants those people to reapply. The people that don't, you know, Score high enough to get a grant. Like you really want people to reapply and, and give them the tools to fix and improve. And um, I, I think it's a really it's a really amazing process because I imagine there's processes out there. And and Rosa, I'm sure you've applied for somewhere. You, you cool. submit for a grant and the only thing you get back is a no. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's got to be really frustrating as a you know aspiring scientist. So I think that's a really important part of the process. Marie, I think it would be helpful for sort of the audience and community, you know, if if you can share what the different levels are. And so, you know, the term postdoc versus undergrad, uh, you know, and sort of the different levels of fellowship that people can apply for.
2: Well, we offer undergraduates, which of course are uh, young researchers in their undergraduate career at Ohio State, Uh, So they're in their first four years of college. Uh, We've had 262 over the past 11 years. They generally get it in their third year or their last year. Then there's the graduate students. The graduate students are at a point in the program where they're working on getting their PhD, uh, their doctorate degree. So that's a two-year award, and we've had 176 of those. And they have the fellowship for two years. And it generally they're at the point in their career where they're about to get their PhD and they are focusing on their dissertation project. So we fund them to finish that up. And then a postdoctorate is a person who has just gotten their PhD or their MD PhD or their MD, uh, but we put group them all under the postdoctorate uh, candidate. We've had 133 of those, and those are also a two-year
3: degree. I think one of the, you know, ways I've heard um, researchers and people that have even gotten uh, grants talk about it is there's instances where these grants actually keep people in the field. One of the best Pelotonia events I've ever been to was the Fellowship Symposium, and it was one of the first times where, you know, you could see a someone that was funded 10 years ago as an undergraduate who's now running their own lab somewhere in the country. And and every single one of them said they were not sure if they'd even be in science had they not ever gotten the Palatania Fellowship. One of the things um, about the fellowship program is students from, you know, any college in the university can can apply and and be awarded so it's not just a traditional you know biology student that's allowed to apply for a a fellowship but curious if there's any that stick out as uh you know maybe non-traditional or would certainly not have gotten immediate funding from a a more traditional channel in
2: 2016 we had a dance major named mimi lamantia and she wanted to do research on whether learning to tango dance would increase circulation in people going through treatment who were suffering from neuropathy. So she set up a dance class in the James and participants who agreed to participate had to come to two classes and agree to dance on their own at home with a partner. And she did a year of observation on this and at the end of her project she discovered that yes tango dancing does increase circulation in people going through cancer treatment who are suffering from neuropathy
3: yeah it's amazing one of the things that that some people know i don't know if everybody uh, in the community knows is you know in order to get Pelotonia funding of any kind you have, you have to participate
2: Well, they know going into it that they're required to ride and they're actually very excited about it. They're excited about fundraising. They're excited about day of participation. I know they've always loved the events before during the summer, like Pelotonia on the Patio. They love attending events like that and wearing, they wear shirts that say my research is funded by Pelotonia and they love sharing their science with anyone who will listen to them. So I always try to encourage people to speak to them and them to speak to other people, but they are very excited and a lot of them come back and ride after their fellowship ends and they are not required to. I have quite a few fellows participate um, and they want to be on the fellows Peloton. We have our own Peloton and a lot of them ask if they can still be on that Peloton.
3: You know, you, you both have really interesting perspectives and, and backgrounds on, on how you've gotten to um, your roles with the fellowship program and and curious what, you know, like what's the dream?
0: If you had asked this same question like five years ago, then I would have loved to see our fellow now starting populating, you know, like all places in U.S. having like a prestigious position elsewhere. And that's kind of like happened. We have several our fellow, um, they've been now professors in, in other institutions. So I think we are there. Um, But probably the next step will be, and I don't know if that is even possible, but really um, having more like of a national reputation. So, um, and even like having matching institutions where um, we can have fellows in a different institution still supported, uh, you know, from here. I don't know how feasible that would be, but like really becoming like almost like a program like the American Cancer Society of the Leukemia Lymphoma Society, like our own brand. Uh, we're, we're really funding the best, not just here at OSU, but like elsewhere. But with the, you know, a collaboration in place, it wouldn't be like taking our funds. You know, yeah. like obviously yeah. those are community-based raise money, so we wouldn't want to just give it away. But um, something where OSU will have some win as well.
3: As you think about recruitment and you know broadening, just the base of of who these fellows are you know, particularly women in science has been a topic in recent years. And um, Rosa, you're, you know, a shining example of of a really successful woman that has a career in, in research and science. And I'm curious what advice you give to younger students and maybe middle and high school students who are interested in science and, um, you know, don't always necessarily see a path uh, for them, or don't always necessarily see themselves reflected in in, you know, the industry they want to be in?
0: Our fellowship, I think, um, pretty sure that we are split 50%. Actually, we have a higher number of female who have received, a you know, like an application. Um, I think what is very important for them is like, A, um, you know, like, find a good match in terms of environment and mentor. There are many mentors that are really invested in training um, women here. Um, and they are like many that look like me as well. So they are like many uh, women that have research lab as well. So this is, um, I think things are changing for sure. Um, so I will tell all of those, uh, you know, female students that really to not be shy and uh, there is room for everybody. And we actually want them to come here to apply um, and, um, and I think they will be highly successful.
3: Thanks to Rosa and Marie for their work in our community and for furthering our one goal. It's truly exciting to hear how the Pelotonia Fellowship program works and the passion they put behind it. We're grateful to them and for all who take part in the process. Now let's hear from Pelotonia fellow Abby Zelensky. This Northeast Ohio transplant has taken her childhood experiences with her into the lab as she seeks an end to cancer. Let's jump into sort of your interest in cancer presented itself at some point, or maybe at many points along your life. And um, you ultimately found your way into applying for a Pelotonia fellowship. So what's the, what's the backstory there? What really inspired you and drove you to do that?
1: Many years ago when I was in elementary school, middle school, my grandpa had been diagnosed with cancer and he was really, really sick and he was being treated I had already lost my other grandpa to lung cancer, but um, this—my dad's dad was being treated. Nothing was really working. This is, you know, something that I think a lot of people experience with older grandparents. They're very private people. They don't want to—they don't want to show that they're sick. They don't want to show any kind of anything. And honestly, um, my grandpa had had cancer before, and he didn't tell anybody until he was cured.
3: So well, he had had cancer yeah. prior to this, but mentioned it to no one.
1: Never said anything. I knew about it and I knew he was sick and, you know, we would see him at holidays and he didn't look good, but there's kind of that thing with, you know, that generation and, I mean, just a lot of people wouldn't want to show that they're suffering, wouldn't want to talk about it. But I remember being scared. I remember like praying that he would get better.
3: I mean, in a lot of ways, your introduction, you know, to his cancer was, was because it was so bad. And and you guys found out.
1: He was uh, recommended to come down to Ohio State to be enrolled in a clinical trial here and um, saved his life. Wow. I couldn't believe the success from this clinical trial. And the cool thing about this is this um, drug that he takes is has a big banner in the research building here, like where I've worked. So, I mean, it's really, really cool for me that that's like the initial thing where I realized like, whoa, a clinical trial is like helping people that I know that I'm related to, and it saved their life. Stuff is happening in our lifetime, like where we can really make a difference. So I found my way here for undergrad first, and I studied Neuroscience in undergrad. I did neuroscience research in undergrad. And um, then I decided to stay here for my PhD because I loved it. And we have such a great culture here, and the culture amongst researchers is really great here. Being at Ohio State, uh, you kind of get inundated with this culture of the Pelotonia community, the cancer research community. So moving into my um, graduate work as a PhD student, I wanted to combine my first kind of love and research, which was neuroscience with cancer research. And so now I study brain tumors.
3: That's cool. So like, yeah, as a, as an undergrad at Ohio state, you had the opportunity to get into a lab and like get your hands dirty and decide if that was something you really wanted to pursue.
1: Yeah. And I think that was like one of the best things about going to Ohio state. Cause I actually got to work in two different labs, worked on a couple different neurological diseases and had some really good mentors, um, that really cared about fostering my research abilities as an undergraduate student. And uh, that all went a long way into putting me where I am today. When I came to Ohio State, um, I, of course, knew about Pelotonia just being here. So I actually started riding in it when I was a junior in college. So my dad and I always did it together. And at this point in time, I was still planning to go into neuroscience, but I really um, Honestly, I'll credit Pelotonia with a lot of my interest in cancer research and um, the community that surrounds it and the amount of people that it affects really kind of got to me. And it was like really special to me that this many people cared about this cause and this many people believed in the researchers at Ohio State.
3: So your second Pelotonia ride, you're you're riding the 100 with your dad and you have the conversation that you want to become a cancer researcher. And can you describe that moment? Do you remember that moment is like a seminal piece of your life?
1: Yeah. So we were riding, you know, out in the middle of cornfields. Uh, the only people we would occasionally see are people sitting at the end of their driveway with a sign saying, thank you for riding. We're on, you know, some stretch, probably mile 50 or 60. We're talking about my applications to grad school. Um, cause you know, you're scraping the bottle of of the barrel for a conversation topics, uh, <laughs> on your hundred mile ride. So we're talking about my applications and I'm, I said to my dad, I'm like, I think, you know, this has been really cool for me to be in Pelotonia and to do this, you know, be around these kind of people and hear about this research. I think that's what I'd like to do. And probably still a little bit of neuroscience, but I think this is really what I'd like to focus on. And my dad has always been this way. He's like, yeah, whatever you want to do, like, go for it. From that moment on, I was kind of like, all right, um, how am I going to make this happen?
3: There's so many, like, fascinating intersections of your life, yeah. um, you know, but, you know, you have your grandfather, both grandfathers, you know, had uh, cancer experience, We have one grandfather whose life was saved at Ohio State through a clinical trial, through science, yeah. uh, through medicine. I just imagine you riding... Like out in the middle of nowhere, Ohio by cornfields and just saying, saying to your dad, I think I'm going to be a cancer researcher. Like it's such a simple statement, but I mean, the, the simplicity of that is, is you very well may save people's lives someday. Uh, And it's really powerful. So you found your way into a brain tumor lab and, um, in the Pelotonia fellowship is an opportunity for you to sort of expand your learning and and dedicate more of yourself to that. So what was that process like applying? I know that is not an easy process, uh, either to apply or to get a fellowship.
1: Yeah. um, My PI has historically worked on a protein called KIF-11 that's involved in cell division. And um, this protein is up Elevated in brain tumors. And we think that if you inhibit this protein, you might be able to stop the rapid growth of brain tumors. So that's kind of where this all centered from. But that's my boss's old work. So I kind of had to come up with a new piece of that project that I wanted to study. So um, for my application, we kind of worked off that preliminary data. We added in radiotherapy because that's something uh, we're in the radiation oncology department here. So we kind of tweaked it to make it mine and to make it something I was excited about and that should it get funded, I really wanted to do. Um, And I felt like this was kind of my first thing in grad school where I got to say like, okay, this is my plan. And like, these are the questions I really want to answer versus, you know, in the earlier stages of graduate school, you're kind of just doing things that the lab is working on. But this was really kind of, um, I felt a little more ownership over this that I was really excited about it. In cancer research, you have to have the compassion and the patient driven mentality that you know, that's, that's what this, why this all matters. That's why we work so hard. That's why we're so curious about it. So um, Pelotonia allowed me to ask those questions.
3: So how has the experience been? And, you know, what is it like, give us a bit of a, give people a peek into a day or a week in the life of, of someone pursuing your work. A
1: couple of different projects I'm working on, the Pelotonia one being the main one, um, that I'm kind of focusing on. So I have different models that I'll test. I work in patient-derived samples. So in cell culture, we'll work in animal models. We'll work in um, the wet lab. So um, kind of the traditional what you think of as a lab space. And um, as graduate students, what we're really learning to do is manage our own projects and manage our time and kind of push the data forward on our own. And we, of course, check in with our mentors and check in to make sure we're on the right path. But this is kind of like the training phase of our career To really be able to generate our own ideas and follow through on those and generate the data. So that's kind of what my day-to-day looks like, just following up on all these different kind of goals as to moving the projects forward and to getting to points with the data that we can further understand uh, brain tumors or whatever it is that we're studying.
3: What percentage of your time are you sort of on a computer analyzing things, inputting things versus, you know, standing over you know, I always picture in my head like uh, beakers and Bunsen burners <laughs> and things like that.
1: That changes um, a lot depending on the experiment of the week. But um, I'd say, you know, we spend about twenty percent of our time doing computer data analysis, writing protocols, writing manuscripts, writing grants. Um, as a grad student, as a senior scientist, is a lot different. But um, for me, like working in the lab and working with my tissue culture those kind of things. I spend probably 80% of my time doing that. That's really what we do as grad students is lots and lots of experiments.
3: I'm curious what you, what aspirations you have for your career, for the field of cancer research and science and, you know, neuroscience and, and everything that goes into that.
1: So I'm really interested in working on continuing to work in brain tumors. This is really something I have a lot of passion behind and, uh, where that exactly happens, I'm not sure. And at what stage of drug development that happens, I'm not sure. But I am really looking to get a little bit closer to affecting patients' lives, because um, at this point in time, I have these really you know, out there idea, not out there, but you know, just um, big ideas about what I wanna test in the lab. And there's a long time before things in the lab get to a patient. And I think I might wanna be a little bit closer to the patient experience, but um, ultimately, the overriding goal for my career is to improve the prognosis for these patients. Having this community for cancer research in Columbus is indispensable. It's really made um, Ohio State a powerhouse for cancer research, which I don't think we would be so nationally recognized and have so many discoveries without Pelotonia. So I really do mean that from a scientist perspective. And I do believe in my lifetime, in my career, that will happen from me or not but i think we're we're doing amazing things all the time in the cancer research space so i am thrilled to be part of it
3: once again we want to thank rosa marie and abby for their time and willingness to share their stories here on one goal we talk a lot about funding innovative cancer research and this is a direct example of what you are making a reality and none of this would be a reality without our major funding partners the American Electric Power Foundation, Huntington, the L Brands Foundation, and Peggy and Richard Santulli. On the next episode of One Goal, we'll feature a member of our community who initially rode to get fit, but now finds himself deeply involved in doing much more than just staying healthy and losing weight. This has been One Goal, a storytelling podcast from Pelotonia. I'm your host, cancer survivor and COO of Pelotonia, Joe Apgar. Interview and production scheduling by our marketing and communications duo, Emily Smith and Gabby Blauer. One Goal is carefully crafted and produced at the studios of Wessler Media by Vince Tornero. Mastering by Joey Gerwin at Orangudio. Special thank you to all of our guests for being willing to share their inspiring journeys for this podcast. Also please rate, review and subscribe so you can get seasons one and two as well as future episodes. If you want to learn more about the Pelotonia community and how you can make an impact on cancer research, see the link in the show notes or visit pelotonia.org. That's pelotonia.org.